1: The Devil Pulls the Strings by J.W. Zarek. Narrated by Kurt Bonham. Chapter 27. Melazine's Cup. All around, colored lights, bubbles swirl, surround, spin... An otherworldly sensation rips through my muscles like a rampaging bull rips through a rodeo-clown convention. Gravity pulls, and I plummet, falling face-first. The sheer intense velocity surges faster, 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 peeling back my eyelids. The lights and bubbles disappear, replaced by blue skies, midsummer daylight rays, and warmth. I'm standing on solid ground, grass. There's a lake in front of me, but no Belvedere Castle. I scan the area for something familiar, a landmark, anything. My gaze lands on a group of three men and a girl in a medieval-style dress. She stands in a defensive posture. The three men's expressions turn unsocial, angry, violent, and the men draw their swords. Instinct kicks in. Heat flares in my chest, gut, and neck. Three men against one girl isn't fair. My fingers tighten, curl into fists. My feet slap the ground, and I shorten the distance between us double time quick. The men are oblivious to me coming in fast, to me coming in hard. This is gonna hurt me. I let loose my best hair-splitting scream. The ugliest, nightmarish scream I can muster. My throat vibrates, resonates like a rabies-infected pack of wolves. Then, I screech a series of rapid, shrill, high-pitched war whoops. (laughs) The men and girl turn their attention toward the sound of my voice. Horrified expressions burst across their faces. I pull my arms and legs in tight cannonball into the group of men. They topple like bowling pins. Strike! Renewed energy runs up my spine. I spring up, grab a fallen sword. Where's the girl? I spot her on her backside. Oops, I must have knocked her down too. She's pretty. She looks familiar. She looks like... Sapphire? I blurt. Her expression ripples with confusion.
0: Melazine,
1: she says. Melazine? My voice carries a sudden knowing. Of course not, Sapphire. I'm in the past again. Genoa, Italy? I turn my attention back to the men, shaken and stirred. They get to their feet. My adrenaline flips into overdrive. One guy grabs his sword and swings. I counter, and my sword crashes into his. Clank! I aim and bash my forehead into his temple. The grubby man yowls. He's my height with a bigger midsection, dressed in frayed brown pants and a jacket made of more holes than fabric. The next guy thrusts wildly. His blade tip nips my neck. But his footwork is sloppy, his balance off kilter and he lumbers two steps past. I tighten my grip on my sword, drop, and spin on my kneecap, twist my weapon up. The blade's edge rips through his pants at the thigh. Blood spurts from the gash.
0: Erupts
1: from his throat. He tumbles, crumbles, curls, and hugs his thigh against his body. The glint of fast-moving metal. A flash of sunlight dazzles. Zing. The third guy's sword tip slips under my arm. His attack sluggish. His blade a breath from my skin. I land a punch against his cheek. Oof. He staggers back. A knife cuts the air by my face. I leap backward and away. Sweat breaks waterfalls down my chest. My heart thrums. I exhale loudly. The men, all standing now, exhale louder but labored, their breath mixed with mead and meat. The tip of a sword rips past my nose. Holy Hanna-Barbera! I jab a fist. My knuckles land deep and solid into the sword-swinging man's ribs. His tone flounders, but he punches. I step to the left. He attempts to correct from my movement, but I kick him, catch his gut, and he stumbles back. Why am I here? Why am I fighting these guys, a lot like Cindy's guys, in another time? My head tingles, and the image of the homeless woman from the quad pops into my head. She said something strange. When pursued, and one or more means you harm, throw this comb high. All three men rush in, swords raised. I... Pull out the comb and toss it. The men's feet pound closer. The obviously non-magical comb does nothing. I instinctively react. My sword catches an oncoming blade. Clang! I lower my weight, barrel my shoulder into a guy's exposed armpit. Then, the ground rumbles. The ground murmurs. The ground quakes. Zoosh! Another blade breaks the air much too close. The ground pounds, the ground thumps, the ground cracks, the ground groans. "'Earthquake!' a guy shouts. The land sways, rolls, rises, and falls. The grass between us, where the comb had once been, rips open. We all fall to the ground. The men are on their side of a gaping four-foot-wide gorge that wasn't there a second ago. And Melazine and I are on the other side. Then, tree after tree after tree after tree bursts forth from the gorge. Now Melazine and I are separated from the men by a forest. Lady Luck, I love you. Away with you fools, before I run you through and feed your lady parts to my pet dragon, I say, my tone deep. I can scarcely see their blank expressions through the trees. I shout the same phrase, deep and deliberate in French. Their eyes flash a sudden knowing. They scramble to pick themselves up, grab their weapons, and run away down the dirt road. Thank you, Renfair Knight Smack Talk, I say. And thank you, old woman's comb.
0: Are you going to feed my lady parts to your dragon too?
1: Melazine's voice trembles. My apologies, Lady Melazine. You are safe from harm now. I extend my hand to help her up. She looks at my hand, hesitates. I did not introduce myself. I bow. I'm Boone Daniels from the American Daniels. It's a pleasure to meet you.
0: Then you are not going to feed my lady parts to your pet dragon?
1: She searches my face for assurance and affirmation. I force my best choir boy face. No, ma'am. I saw those men intended you harm. I wanted to make sure they knew that was a terrible idea. I hold out my hand again and flash my cozy quilt smile. Melazine's face relaxes. She accepts my hand.
0: Thank you for rescuing me, sir. I do not have much. Please accept this cup.
1: I take her beat-up wooden cup. Thank you for such a glorious prize, Lady Melazine. I shall think of you whenever I take a sip.
0: It may not be much to look at, sir.
1: Melazine smiles with an
0: unspoken knowing. But whenever you thirst, are injured, or on death's door, the cup's healing waters shall sustain and restore you.
1: I turn the cup over, shake it. Nothing happens. A mild chuckle escapes Melazine's lips.
0: I mean no insult by my laughter, sir, but whatever do you do?
1: I thought magic liquid would come out.
0: (laughs) No, no, monsieur. The cup only works when you're parched, hurt, or about to perish.
1: When I'm parched, I look inside the cup.
0: When parched, you hold the cup up to your lips, and liquid flows until you're thirst no more.
1: I glance from her to her cup. And when I'm hurt?
0: When you or another are injured, Hold the cup over any wound, and no matter how grave thy injuries, you shall be healed.
1: And when I'm on death's door? She pushes her hair out of her face.
0: Pray someone is around, and they hold it up to your lips or
1: wounds. I raise the cup. Thank you, Lady Melazine. I'll take your word for it. I put the cup in my pocket. Tell me, Lady Melazine, where exactly are we? We are on my family's property outside of Genoa, sir. Italy? Is it 1795?
0: Did those men strike your head? It is 1813.
1: She steps closer, leans in. Her gaze draws over my chest, shoulders, and head.
0: You should come to the villa,
1: and we'll call the doctor. Her scent reminds me of sapphire. Is that honeysuckle I smell? Melazine sniffs her hair and smiles. Do you like honeysuckle? I rushed to change the subject. We're in Genoa, but you're speaking French. Do you speak Italian, too?
0: Si, signore. Parlo italiano, francesa, greco, gaelico, lingua del dynasci, e pieces di pochi altri.
1: That's a mouthful of Italian more than I understand, milady.
0: Your French is strange. Tell me, where are you from?
1: She leads me up a dirt road. I've just come from New York, and I must get back.
0: New York? Oh, you are an American.
1: Her face screams, shut up, excited. Memories of New York, of Sapphire, of Cynthia's men. I tighten my grip around the hilt of the sword.
0: This explains your accent, she says. Tell me, what do the young ladies of New York wear? And do you prefer the way women dress in New York, France, or Italy? Tell me everything.
1: I glance at the forest, searching for more bandits to fight. Anything's better than me talking about clothes. Fashion's not my thing. I've got to get back to save Sapphire from Cynthia's men. I must return to New York to help my friend. Sapphire? Yes. How did you know her name? You called me that. Who is she? Sapphire's a friend who needs my help. So after I escort you to your villa, I shall be on my way.
0: How did you make the forest appear like that? You must be a powerful
1: wizard, she says. No, not me. An older woman in New York I gave food to gave me a silver comb and told me to throw it at the ground when there's trouble, and a forest would appear. I point to the trees. I didn't know it would work, but it did, and now we're safe. Mr. Boone Daniels from New York, you are a strange one. My mother and sisters should like to meet you. She continues to walk at a fast pace. Around the bend, a carriage-wide stone road heads off from the dirt road.
0: My villa is just ahead, sir.
1: Melazine's voice beckons me to follow. Coming up next in The Devil Pulls the Strings by J.W. Zarek Chapter 28 The Villa